Welcome to a brand new podcast here at Imperative MX called the Local Scene Podcast. In these episodes, we will talk to individuals from around the surrounding area within the Southeast motocross local scene from riders to track owners and promoters, vendors, and many more to get their insight, learn more about them and what they do to help out in the local scene of motocross. And of course, having them here on the Imperative MX local scene podcast for you guys to uh, get to know better. First up is Lake Sugar Trees owner, operator, Ryan Smith on today's episode to speak about this upcoming weekend's Nick Hayes Ride Day at Lake Sugar Tree, how he became the owner at Lake Sugar Tree, his racing background, and so much more. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get Ryan Smith here on the line. Forget he sent me some of the goofiest, funniest Snapchats almost on the daily. Um, so, you know, it hit home um, and I pushed that uh, other thing we're going to kick off on this day to the side and man, the, the outreach that we've, you know, got, I mean, the people, the things that are being sent here, you know, Seth Rarick, a, a good friend of mine, um, you know, he, he went, he's down there at Alden's place and working for KTM and he's gathered up a bunch of jerseys and he's got them with him at Chicago from all the guys and they're going to sign them and they're going to send them back to, you know, whoever bids on them and wins. We got the sideline auction this weekend. Um, you know, race tech was really close with, with, um, Nick with his scent suspension. They sent a full revive and a bunch of different stuff. Uh, Chris Maynard, uh, suspension. He's sending some stuff. Chad, I was just on the phone with him from total control. He's sending some stuff. I mean, there's, Romano jerseys there's uh Justin Cooper jerseys there's so many different things that are coming to coming um together and and it looks like we're gonna have a beautiful weekend to do it yeah absolutely and um yeah we had a little technical difficulty there in the uh in the beginning so we kind of cut a little bit of half of it but um you know Ryan Smith here talking about the Nick Hayes ride day and how important it was for uh, Nick around the sport and of course um, you know checking in on everybody and um, you know just he was that guy that uh, was always willing to go out of his way to help somebody and um, and you know he was obviously one of the local legends around the around the surrounding area he was fast like you were talking about you guys battled all the time and I used to see him at the four stroke nationals when he first became pro and was putting it to some of the top guys even in that and um yeah man it's awesome that you're willing to help out and uh you know all the phone calls and all of the people from seth to total control to chris maynard to um everybody that has put their hand into helping out nick um because it is going to be a tough recovery and just trying to you know get around the house and that sort of thing and um any money and any donations that um, you know, go through or going to straight to Nick uh, to help with um, everything that's going on. And um, man, it's uh, it's awesome. You guys are doing a two day event. Um, what else uh, do you guys have planned for the for the weekend? Just on top of that. Yeah, I mean, and just to touch on what you just said, you know, there's been a lot of phone calls. There's been a lot of moving parts, but most importantly, a lot of what. I've been dealing with is, you know, answering phone calls. There's been so many people that have reached out to me and offering their services or, you know, jerseys that they've 
accumulated over the years. You know, I think we got some people bringing some Chad Reed jerseys, some Pastrana jerseys. Nice. Um, so many different things that people want to, you know, hey, this is just sitting on my wall. It's cool to look at stuff, but it, it, there's a bigger purpose for this um, right. and bringing it this weekend. You know, a lot of our flaggers, you know, doing an event like this isn't cheap because we're going to have, you know, the flaggers and the, the EMS and the, the quarter or the course marshals and Eddie and staging and a finish line flag. Like we're going to do it up. Right. Um, you know, 90% of those people have been like, Hey, look, we're volunteering. We want to be there to give money back to Nick. So don't pay us. Just put the money towards, towards um, raising it for Nick. So, right. which is really cool. Um, we've got a local band. I've never heard them, but they're, they're coming out of, uh, I believe Danville. Okay. They're going to come and, uh, play some music Saturday night. Um, the concession stand bills here. He's going to do a, a barbecue dinner Saturday night for everybody. And, and that's going to be a fundraiser for Nick. Nice. Um, defiance, uh, lifestyle. Yep. They, they, uh, they sent me 110 pounds of t-shirts. Wow. Um, wow. That's what I just. I just got a, a shipping notification. It'll be here Friday morning. So that's awesome. Youth uh, sizes all the way up. Yep. Um, I saw them at Unadilla, Buds, and Iron Man selling uh, selling Nick Hayes uh, jerseys or not jerseys, but T-shirts and stuff like that. So that was really cool to see as well. Yeah, and and I asked them. I was like, "Hey, you know, what are we owe?" And they're like, "Nothing." Yeah. Um, you know, we we've sold sold enough shirts and and stuff. Like, here's all these shirts we want to blow it out for you guys this weekend so right. you know that's cool um with the silent auction like i had mentioned there's so much stuff where we're uh auctioning off and you know basically you know one thing that we are doing that that people there's been a couple people backlash at it but you know for non-riders um it's $18 to get in for riders. They don't pay to get in. They pay their $30 practice fee. Yep. And they, everybody that, that comes gets a, Hey, strong 18 armband that we had made. Okay. Um, so we have a thousand of those. So nice. hopefully, um, you know, doing quick math, you know, 18 bucks a piece minimum yep. for each one of those, that's $18,000. So, yeah. um, I know that we have, uh, Look, we had we had a, a lady called me a couple weeks ago, and she said, hey, um, one thing I'd like to do, we've been trying to sell my daughter's YZ65, and, and we haven't sold it. Uh, would you be willing to um, allow us to put it in the silent auction for Nick and just all the money go to him? Yeah. And, you know, it was like it gives me chills just talking about it because, I mean, people literally in this community are so great. Um and wanting to put stuff together to help one another. Yeah. So, um, and it's not, not, not just me. Uh, I know a lot of people keep saying, thank you, Ryan. Thank you for doing this. A bunch of Nick's buddies were in a group text. Um, Hey, what can we do? Thank you so much for doing it. And I tell them like, don't thank me like this. This is what we all do. Um, you know, as a community of for, the sport, you know, like, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And, and like, it doesn't bother me what's so bit to be out here and like, you know, grinding away because, you know, Nick's done a lot of good things for a lot of people without him even knowing it because just that's who he was. And like the simple text of um, when we were at Unadilla checking on the riders that, that 
he doesn't know personally and they don't know him personally, but they know of him and, you know, he knows of them, uh, says a lot about Nick, you know, uh, about, I don't know, three or four weeks maybe before Unadilla, uh, Terry Kennedy rented the track. They had a birthday party here. Um, just a bunch of guys just wanted to come up. He's like, Hey, can we rent the track? Will you prep it a little bit for us? Da, da, da. And I said, yeah, man, no problem. So, um, I, uh, watered the crap out of it, ripped the crap out of it. It was like, Hey boys, hope you guys are going to have a good day. Yeah. Um, and actually I had to go to Birch Creek and on the way home that day, when, when I came back from Birch Creek, I obviously you don't have phone service at Birch, but I got a text from Nick. Um, and it was just, it was a long text about, thank you so much, dude. The track was all time today. Really appreciate what you're doing. Um, and, and, to me, it's, and it's kind of different. Like, I don't look for those. I'm not the guy that, like, if you don't text me and thank me, like, I'm not going to hold it against you. Right. Like, it's just something, I don't know, I've never really. But when I do get those from, like, like Nick or, you know, we've had people leave a Halloween bash or, or leave a race and be like, hey, just out of the blue, not on Facebook, no nothing, just shoot me a text and be like, dude, thank you so much for, for the work. Um, it means a lot. And, and like that day. So, and I didn't, you know, go over the top and, and tell him all this, but inside when things like that happened, like he didn't even realize like how much of an impact he had on not only me, but so many people he came across. Um, and that's what I'm super excited about this weekend is, I mean, I honestly think that we're going to have an all time turnout and, and, and I'm hoping that people just show out and, and, you know, I've got a, uh, I've got a guy coming to shoot some videos and stuff, um, and put together a, a video that we're going to send to him and, and hopefully he enjoys and, and we keep his spirits high, um, because he always did that yep. when, when he was here. So I'm excited about it, ready to get it going, ready for people to start pulling in and, uh, yeah. It's going to be a good time. No, that's awesome, man. And um, if I wasn't announcing that black ankle this weekend, I would be uh, I'd be down there and, um, you know, willing to support because, you know, we both know that Nick was such a great rider and such a great person to the motocross community, especially around the local scene. And he's been been around for a long time, even though that he did have that departure for a couple of years. But. He left his mark everywhere that he went. Um, somebody always left a conversation from him with a smile on his face. I know I did. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, you know the funny thing is thinking back and and if anybody that that's listening to this knows like when I raced, especially when we went indoors and and stuff like dude, I was aggressive. Like right. I was, that <laughs> was not not afraid to to uh you know you slam it in there bowers yeah (laughs) Yeah. i had the tyler bowers thing like if if you nudged me dude i was slamming you i wasn't just nudging you back yeah but me and thinking back over the years me and nick never had that um he was one of those that you just that that um i think you respected enough you know yeah and he he raced you respectively and you know it was it was always a good time now i will say like no matter if we were here or Elizabeth City or wherever, like he would come here and kick my ass. Yep. And I might go to his better track and kick like his home track and kick his ass. Yep. yep. Um it was just like we both um you know every single race were on it with each other and I'd love to go back and look at the archives with 
um, the district and like how close we were in different championships. But the main thing that I want people to know, um, and I've talked to his close friends and stuff, we are, this isn't going to be a one-time thing. Um, I intend to grow this and work with, uh, you know, his friends and his family and him uh, to continue this as an annual event. Right. Um, and what a lot of people forget about and, you know, no matter what, like he's got, he's got work he's got to do and, and talking to Carly and getting messages here and there from Carly, um, you know, he's, he's kicking ass right now. Um, and he's going to continue to do so because that's what he always did. He never gave up. Yep. And, um, we still regardless have to be there for him throughout this. Now, what happens a lot of times with this situation is people at the time of, you know, at the beginning are like, Oh my gosh, we've got to be there and support him. Well then a year or two down the road, like, Oh, well, Oh yeah. I wonder how that guy's, no, we're going to keep pushing um, and annually do this. Um, I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but we have something um, really big in the works and we're just waiting on a date. And I will let you know that, the head of the person and hopefully it, it'll be the next year's event, but the, the lead person, and there's going to be a lot, a lot of large industry known people, but the leader of this and the person we're waiting on the date is the largest name that has came out of dirt bike racing, um, that has crossed over throughout motorsports and all different things. Um, and he did grow up here in his racing career before he went on to do other things. And he, he, Gary basically raised him. So, um, without saying any names, we're working closely with him and, and trying to put something together as a fundraiser. Yep. Um, one thing I, I forgot to mention this weekend, we're going to have a, a custom built fit bike with, I think Valley Kawasaki and Thomas Talbot have put together and they've been selling raffle tickets. Nice. Um, we're going to raffle that off this weekend. It's a, uh, KLX 110 that looks identical to Nick's race bike. Okay. Cool. So, but, but yeah, I mean, the main thing is, is I don't want people to just say, oh, they're just going to do this. No, we want to continue working at this and I want to continue to have it about this time every year. Yep. So when, when we get closer to it, I'm going to reach out to, to various, um, different tracks and series and be like, look guys, can we all come together? And, and I would love for it to go maybe to to birch creek or to to windy hill or to ncmp or you know kind of move it around maybe south fork or maybe elizabeth city each year do it somewhere different um but we all come together as a community as track owners and 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 go to that track and you know okay it's elizabeth city well guess what my happy tail is going to drive five hours and, and Hey guys, what do we need to do? Right. You need a skid steer, you need dozer. What do, what do we need to do to make this happen? And let's blow it up. Yeah. So, um, that's what Nick would have done know, for any of us. You know, if he was in the same situation, he would do that for any, any, any one of us, you know? So, right. So, yeah, I mean, the main thing is, is, you know, I know Nick's going to pull through this and, um, he he's he just needs us to stay behind him and keep pushing him and and like I told uh you know the simple thing Carly when the the Hey Strong shirts came out you know she was like hey can I Venmo you and get a couple shirts and I told her I said Carly <laughs> you guys don't need to worry about anything 
let let us do that. You need to worry about keeping Nick's spirits up, doing what Nick needs, taking care of the kids. Yeah. Financially, like, I got your shirts. I sent her and and Nick and and uh, Jim and Diane shirts and stuff. And um, that's what we're we're supposed to do is is push through. I know he's got some very 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 good friends of his that's you know donating a lot of material and a lot of time and a lot of labor yep. to uh, fix his house up. So there's so many different things and a lot of things I don't know. And a lot of things I do know that other people might not know that are going on to support him. Right. Um, but we all got to kind of stay on our lane and, and support where we can. And um, doing this ride day is something that I want to kick off here. And, and uh, dude, I'm looking to, I'm looking to try let, let's try to leave, leave the weekend and, and cut a check for a hundred thousand dollars to, uh, to Nick. So that would be awesome. Um, That'd be awesome. Yeah, it would, it would be. So, That's um, awesome. So make sure you guys, uh, September 16th, 17th, this coming weekend, Nick Hayes ride day at Lake sugar tree. And, um, if you're not able to come, uh, for any reason, um, you can still help by donating, uh, to the road to recovery. I still think that they have a donation link. Um, on there to uh, to help out as well or get in contact with me or Ryan or um, anybody to see how you can um, help out uh, at all, um, you know, for this weekend and for Nick. And it's awesome to hear, Ryan, that you're willing to do this. Uh, try to keep it going, pushing every every year. And I think that that's what needs to happen. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm sure the listeners will as well. Yeah, and to touch just quickly um... – on what you just said, man, we had, I had a random direct message on Instagram yesterday when we, we posted something about the track. Uh, there was a family, they had a family emergency. They're three hours away. They're not going to make it this weekend. And the guy simply said, Hey man, I want to send $200 to you. If you'll send me the wristbands for just three riders for two days, um, we're not going to be there. But it's not the point. The money and all that and the riding is not the point. We want to be there to help. So, you know, there's people – I mean, there's good people out there that, that see past like, hey, you know, the $18 getting in the gate. Look, at the end of this weekend, Lake Sugar Tree is not going to profit anything from this. I don't want to. What I want to do is give every last penny to Nick. And and there's people that, that are, uh, you know – from farther away that can't get here that are still willing to help out. That's what motocross is about. Right. And, uh, man, I, I appreciate every one of them because, uh, you know, I, like I said, it's, it's Nick, man. Nick's yep. awesome. Yep. And, uh, we're going to show him this weekend. No, that's awesome. And, uh, if you got time, I got a couple of more, uh, questions for you outside of, uh, this Nick Hayes ride day. Yeah, man. Awesome. Um, so uh, make sure you guys go and check out, try to donate if you can, and yeah, let's uh, let's bring some uh, good money and uh, give some good stuff away as well. Um, have good auctions for stuff. But um, now, how did uh, L- Lake Sugar Tree um, come to you for like an owner? How did you know what made you become the the track owner? Give me a little breakdown on what happened and how it all came about and why you decided to get yourself into it. I ask myself that every single day. Well, good. Um, you can try to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, I think it was 2011 or 12. Um, 
I had been I went I turned professional two thousand seven, um, two thousand eight, nine, ten, eleven. Um, I was fairly serious with it. Obviously, looking back, probably could have been more serious with it, but made a lot of outdoor nationals, made made supercross main events and stuff. But uh, I blew my shoulder out a few different times throughout my pro career, and and I had to get surgery. Um, so in two thousand twelve, I believe it was eleven or twelve, I got my rotator cuff, my labrum, my AC joint, all that stuff fixed. Um, around the same time, uh, my dad was fighting cancer, and uh, he passed away. And, you know, I kind of took a step back because, I mean, it's it's all I ever knew growing up was right. like I was born, you know, in Los Angeles, moved to Axton right here at the racetrack when I was one year old. So, um, you know, my dad passed away. My grandfather, there was somebody managing the track at the time, and, you know, he was never here, so he was just kind of letting people do do what they kind of wanted, and, and it was he was kind of getting screwed over, and one day he just kind of looked at me and was like, hey, look, the track, I'm done with it. Either it's going to sink or swim. I want you to start managing it, um, and, you know, it's yours. If it sinks, it sinks. If it swims, it swims. And right. I was like, well, dude, I'm 18 years old. Like, I, what? Yeah. Um, I think I <laughs> – I think I personally had like $800 to my name. Um, you know, at I, that I'm time. A two, yeah, I'm a, I'm a 250 privateer. Um, and I think I've got, uh, not to get off track, but I got 13th at Las Vegas and I made $380 and it cost 330. It cost 335 to sign up. Yeah. But, uh, so, um, anyway, uh, my first race, uh, as track manager, you could say was, uh, I was 18 years old, was a Loretta Lynn qualifier. Uh, we had 609 riders on Saturday Jeez. and here I am 18 year old me, like, and everyone's on the radio, Ryan, what do we need to do? Ryan, Ryan. And I'm like, finally grabbed the radio. I'm like, look guys, I'm 18. Some of you guys have worked here longer than I've been alive. Y'all need to tell me what to do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it, uh, just kind of evolved and like I'm the type of person like I can't really have people show me how to do something I've got to be like you can tell me but I've got to be doing it right so yep. I just started kind of like I was tired of you know not understanding the the computer systems and stuff so I just sat in the trailer one day and just started clicking stuff and doing stuff on the computer kind of taught myself yep. um, and it just transpired and, and then in 2000 14, I think the end of 2014, um, you know, my grandfather retired, uh, and you know, sold his business here. And he was like, look, you want the track? Like I'm getting rid of it. Like either it's you or what? Like I'm, how old's my grandpa now? I think 80. Yeah. And th this like is that. Gary Bailey you're speaking of, correct? No, actually Gary's brother. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, get, okay. Gary's never owned Lake Sugar Tree. Um, but, uh, David, uh, well, Avery Mills built it. David Bailey owned it. David got hurt. Um, and then Bob, Gary's brother bought it. Okay. Um, okay. And, but, but Gary's always been here. Right. Um, right. So from Gary, Cooper I mean, Webb, still to this day to, uh, to a lot of guys. Yeah. yeah so he's uh, yeah, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson, the NASCAR driver came through here. Uh, <laughs> James, James Stewart got came here and got smacked on the hand and left the first day. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
anyway, so yeah, 2014, it was just like, I'm sitting there like, okay, well, I mean, I kind of know what I'm doing now. So, um, and I got some ideas, but I can't do it because, you know, he's kind of old school and I kind of had to buckle down and, and dig, dig it out of a hole a little bit. Yeah. You know, my grandfather was a, uh, straight shooter. Um, and you know, he, a lot of times super old school, you know, people would come up and say, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to, you know, you need to do this instead of that and charge this and don't charge that. And he would simply look at him and say, you got your checkbook on you. Yeah. Yeah. And they would be like, no, why? And he'd be like, well, if you buy it, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. So yeah. there was a lot of, there was a lot of times like he rubbed a lot of people wrong. Um, but in the grand scheme, like, people respected him and he did a lot of great things here um so you know you know getting relationships back with different people um and you know he still to this day calls me all the time and it's like hey man how's it going looks like it's going good so um he's kicked back he's retired he doesn't care his name's not on it and and it's it's growing um we're in a different time we survived covid and all that so Um, no, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean from what I've, from what I've seen and, you know, I've been coming there for a long time and, um, you know, I got to see the switch a little bit and, uh, man, I, I mean, from my point of view, um, I just, I, I thought that, um, the way that it turned around from when, you know, I was in high school and you were just turning pro and, um, you know, the battles that we got to saw and races and that sort of thing and, and, um, you know, I got to see what it, what it was then and what it is now. And, uh, man, it's kind of like a light switch. It just completely turned turned around. And um, I think people love that you're in the sport. You were professional at one time and, you know, that you're now the track owner and you know what kind of is best for the riders. And I think that that goes a long way. Yeah, and, and it was pretty simple and in and- – me and Gary talked about it not long ago and, and Gary's just like, dude, I don't know when that exactly that day was that you like grew up overnight. And I said, yeah, me either. But <laughs> I mean, I'm still a, I'm still a little jackass when I, when we want to be, we joke around, we have a good time. But, um, I basically just one day was like, you know what, if I wouldn't ride it, I'm not going to open. Right. If I wouldn't wear, if I wouldn't wear that shirt, I'm not going to sell it. Right. If I wouldn't wear that hat, I'm not going to sell it. Like I kind of took it in. So there's times where, you know, we'll have the track all prepped and we're going to have practice and then rain will come through. And I'm like, we could open, but it's never going to get good. Now, if it's going to be a little wet and then the track's going to turn out great, we'll go. But my opinion is why half-ass it and why have people's, you know, thought to be like well i don't know if sugar tree will be good today or not like it might be dust here it might be this like i want people to know like when they come here they're getting everything we got um from preacher rob that helps me he's out there watering right now and it's you know three o'clock on on a thursday (laughs) and 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 practice you know doesn't start till 10 a.m you know rob knows like hey he ain't watering last minute he's getting it in the ground so it's going to be good and and dozer mike and all the different people that, you know, we all have the same mindset to, you know, every time these gates open, you know, it's a simple thing of I mow our fields 
with a zero turn, 61 inch. Yeah. And and people are like, why don't you just bush hog that? I'm like, dude, because when I go to tracks and I got grass up to halfway up my calf and I'm smacking my legs all day, I'm like, no, like it's not fun. I want people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I got a little beef with the high point uh, because this year they claimed high point was the country club of motocross, <laughs> but. Uh, actually, Brian Schaefer from South of the Border sent me the text. I didn't even wasn't even watching it, but you know, we are the country club of motocross, and that's the way. Like I look at it as, you know, even you know the fence lines and the the grass and everything. Like that was one thing my grandfather would do. Like if you got on a dirt bike and rode up through that field and roosted up his grass, he was coming to your ass immediately. Oh yeah, he was um, pissed. Yeah. Yeah. So he had signs everywhere that said "keep off the grass," and then people would be smart ass and be like, "Well, where do we park?" Yeah. So, um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you guys, as far things. as a, as far as a facility, you guys have the best that I've ever been to. And, you know, we've all been to a lot of different racetracks and from the, um, you know, from where the building is, the concessions, the showers, the bathrooms, the, the view of the track, you know, it's got a real nice, uh, you know, lake in the middle of it. And, um, you guys have fixed up the parking, so it made it a lot more level now. And, yeah, just the amount of stuff that you've done to even make it better um, for the Country Club of Motocross, pretty much. You know, it's it's phenomenal what you guys have been doing and have been keeping up for these uh, last couple of years because that's a lot of property to mow and weedy and, um, you know, the hillsides on the track and, uh, even the LST logo that's that's got the mulch all the way around it on the hill. I mean, it's a it's a lot that goes into it, and I think a lot of people don't really understand that and really get it. They think it's just you know you snap your fingers and shit happens, you know. And it's not like that. It's these Thursdays, Wednesdays afternoon, you know, that you're working until night or sometimes even longer, just getting things ready just for a two day weekend, you know. Yeah, and I'll tell you one of the one of the the turning points and and i was guilty of it i always used to be like papa what do you mean you don't like you didn't make money or what do you mean like um you know we've had we've had district weekends with saturday practice and sunday racing where it legitimately at the end of the weekend before counting wear and tear on equipment and fuel and stuff like it lost eight hundred thousand dollars like and it's and that's not paying myself or, or paying, you know, my sister or whoever, like helping, like it's, and sometimes it's like you sit there and you're like, was it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> but, but one of the turning points when I was 18, we had at, at the end of that weekend, which was Friday practice, Saturday racing, Sunday racing for mm-hmm. that Loretta Lynn qualifier. Yep. Um, I was probably there. I was probably there. Yep. Was that the weekend that it, I had my back brace on? probably probably <laughs> um anyways but it uh 483 dollars is what it took to keep soap and toilet paper in the bath that's not the person that kept it stocked that's how much in toilet paper paper towels and soap we spent and i'll never forget it just for 483 dollars. yeah just one weekend in toilet paper paper towels and soap um and people are like, well, you're the one with the bathrooms. You could just use Porter Johns. And I'm like, dude, that's not why we, come that's out of that. That's not what we're trying to be, you know? That's not what we're <laughs> no. trying to do. And there's a lot of people that say, man, our wives won't go to this place because they use Porter Johns, but they'll come here because of your bathrooms and stuff. But yeah. it's just like people don't, a lot of people don't understand 
Um, and like, I don't expect them to understand. I mean, hell, how many times do we look at a business and be like, dude, they're rich. And right. like, we have no idea what their overhead is. I, I was just talking to somebody the other day. Um, their landscaping business, their overhead just from employees, their payroll each week is $54,000 a week. Jeez. And I thought to myself, I don't want that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we're talking about landscape. We're not talking about some massive corporation. But, um, you know, all promoters, like when you hear a promoter say, you know, not make any money or it's hard to do this or hard to do that, like they're not just lying to you. It is hard, and we all have to think outside the box and stuff and, and do different things and, yep. you know, always trying to find ways to get better things. You know, the trophies now, like, are kind of – yeah. Yeah. All the way up. But, you know, people don't understand those trophies cost us thirteen, fourteen dollars a piece. And when someone's paying thirty dollars to get in uh, or thirty dollars to race and fourteen, fifteen dollars, that's already half of it's going to a trophy. It's like, you know, it's hard. But right. Um, being transparent, I mean, man, it's it's you do it for the love and, and that's what, you know, for instance, this weekend we're we're looking forward to it and and you know halloween bash is always a good one for us yep. um you I'll know out there for that one so, yep for sure every so, year man but, 22 yeah, years is it is it the 22nd annual this year i think it's the 21st okay 21st okay last year was 20 yeah i mean we'll definitely uh be out there for that and um we'll contribute to some hole shots and and stuff like that when that time comes and and all of that and yeah man i mean you guys do have the country club of motocross and i saw i saw your tweet uh that you put that that you sent to i think it was steve or somebody else that had uh super motocross from lake sugar tree back in what was that 78 1970 and i haven't even i did send it to ama <laughs> i did text it to a couple people and I said that they would be hearing from my attorney. Um, <laughs> we want a little bit of but, copyright, uh, you know, uh, a little yeah, bit of that. So, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's. Um, I didn't no, even think about that. That's so funny. No, somebody actually uh, put that on my Facebook wall, and they were like, "Hey, uh, 1978. It said, what's it say? World's first super motocross championship, <laughs> or whatever. Lake Sugar Tree, 1978, or whatever." That's and so I was like, awesome. you know what? I, I said, well, I wasn't here for that, actually. Right, um, right. But, but uh, no, nah, I sent it uh, to the guys from AMA, and I was talking to Burkeen, and we were laughing about it. But yeah. uh, we didn't get much kickback out of them. They didn't say much. I know they're in a uh, quite a debacle right now with our Team USA. But, um, yeah, yeah. anyway, it was, it was kind of funny. No, that's awesome. And uh, Ryan Smith here on the Imperative MX local scene podcast getting some good insight um you've been helping out birch creek in danville virginia for quite some time uh the last couple of years especially since they switched uh owners over the charles snyder uh speak on that and the importance of uh birch creek just being that close to lake sugar tree yeah i uh when it when ken was talking and different people were talking and you know ken he just left here um you know when he was like you know it's time to retire carl Reynolds, um, he retired and, and I was doing a lot helping Ken and, and people are always like, well, what happens if Birch leaves? And I, and I tell people, um, you know, the last thing that the state of Virginia, the last thing that I need as another track owner need is another track to go away. Cause right. after a while, you know, 
Zach Newberry gets tired of riding Sugar Tree every single time because it's the only place. We need more places. Um, Just using you as an example. But, you know, I was was actually yesterday, and I'm a huge podcast listener. Okay. Um, I listen to the the ATD podcast, anything moto. I don't listen to the Joe Rogan or whatever. Yeah. and I listen to Stewart's and everything Pulp MX does. And I was actually listening to your podcast yesterday. Um, and I believe, did y'all talk about something about Delaware? Um, yeah. Losing tracks in yeah. Blue Diamond. Yeah, because we had uh, the Mama Series uh, owner yeah. on, on the line. And, yeah, we lost uh, quite a bit of tracks. And there's nowhere to ride in Delaware now. There's and, and that's what like I was sitting there and I was just talking to somebody this morning about it and I'm like guys look Delaware I think they said four or five tracks were in Delaware and now there's zero yeah yeah um you know pro sport you know I talked to Tam extensively about doing some stuff up there but it's so hard for me to go up and over the mountain but yeah whatever I can do to help another track that's that's close to us you know I spent an hour and a half last night on the phone with the new president of of Elizabeth City and I was talking to her and I just told her look if there's anything that you ever need let me know Um, don't ever do anything because someone else says it's a good idea you always got to have your own way of thinking that what's best for your business or your board Um, I said listen to everyone but only you know don't let one person from another track or whatever define your track success right um and that's what we try to do you know we were it sucked last week um you know like i I said uh rob that helps me and and dozer mike um and myself were out at birch creek for for the whole week last week watering and prepping and, and quite honestly birch looked better i mean the grass was cut like it was here and i mean that place was immaculate and we had to make the sad decision to cancel it due to rain. And thank goodness we did because, dude, it came a monsoon on Saturday for hours. Yeah. So it sucks when you have to do that. But at the end of the day, you know, you made the best decision for the people. Um, you know, you had Charlotte going on. Um, but I enjoy helping out other people and and what people got to understand in this sport and, and really with any business, but a lot of businesses have a better kickback program. Right. Um, is when you see that kid win his first ever race or that kid leaving that trophy stand, holding that trophy, smiling, or his dad smiling, holding him or dad high-fiving him. Dude, that's the perks of this sport. And whether it's here at Lake Sugar Tree, whether it's at Birch Creek, what, no matter where it's at, um, you know, I just went down there to Loretta's and worked all week and dude I was running around the infield of Loretta's barefoot yeah because it was so muddy my (laughs) boots got sucked off um but you know and and people every morning 6 a.m we're on the track every night I didn't get back to the camper till nine o'clock yeah so um, it it was just down there you know yeah yeah and I can promise you uh you know I work closely with MX sports and stuff but there's a lot of people down there um it's volunteer work, man. Right. Um, a lot of people know, like, they're down there for, you know, no money. Uh, they get a hookup or whatever, but they're doing it. They got kids racing, and that's what we're all here for is to help each other. Um, and I would, I wish there was 10 of me, and I could go to all these different places and help all these different places, tracks and stuff. Um, but it's hard, and yep. just trying to keep Virginia going, man. Virginia needs help. 
Yeah, for sure. And and that's honestly that's one of the big reasons why I created Imperative MX is to is to help the local scene and especially with this podcast. It seems like a lot of the the local um you know individuals around love uh what we're talking about and with the local races coming up and i've been a little lackluster this this summer with my real full-time job but starting to get back into it now and just trying to you know help the scene and and you know the track owners like yourself that maybe you know people have been going there for a long time and they have no idea your background and what you've done in the sport and why you do it and you know, same thing. I'll have Charles on at some point to talk about his, you know, how he came to own Birch Creek and, you know, something different for him to, you know, talk about that and uh, talk about riders that are from the surrounding area. Because, you know, just as, just as damn well as I do, that there are some fast kids that have come up from this area that didn't get the spotlight that they deserve. And Nick Hayes is actually one of them, you know? Yep, that's right. So, um, here I got some. <laughs> some throwback names. Oh, uh, you know one of one of them being this weekend. You might not even remember him, but his name was Mitchell Hodges, and yep. and he was pro when I was just a little little guy, and that's how I started in the sport as uh, number nine thirty one. Um, and uh, he'll be here this weekend. He was really close with Nick. Um, he's he's one of the guys that's really helping with his house and stuff. He's in the construction world, and that's awesome. And, or has some buddies, but you know, he lived a mile from here and now he's, it's crazy to know, like I was born in Mitchell. I got a, my number from Mitchell and now Mitchell and Nick are really close. And then, you know, with Nick's injury and, and, uh, you know, Mitchell being back here this weekend. And I mean, it's just, it's a small world when you really think about it. Um, and, uh, you know, there's Isaiah <laughs> Woods, uh, I think that Will Mayo was a guy. No, not Will Mayo. Uh, oh, Adam Overcash. Yep. Uh, I mean, dude, there was uh, a guy, he passed away, but his name was Shane Templeton. Yeah. I still have his jersey on my wall. Yeah. Um, well, and you guys dude, had a I national got... there back in the day, you know, for, for many of many years, you know, from 500s all the way down to 125s. And you guys have been doing a lot of uh, Loretta Lynn qualifiers for a long time, Treadle. I mean, you know, Tickle, Peters, you know, all of these – guys that have come through um lake sugar tree in some of their you know time and most of these people don't know that you know they see they see these guys on tv or you know um whatever the case may be but they never knew that they have come through lake sugar tree at one point in their lifetime or through virginia at one of these tracks you know yep yep and uh how many of the names that have been here and and you know i mean heck uh two years ago uh, Travis was at Martinsville Speedway because they have a race the same weekend as Halloween Bash. And Travis texted Gary was like, "Hey, dude, I'm at I'm at Martinsville. I got a couple hours. Like, can I ride through there?" And Gary's like, "Yeah." And like, dude, for two hours, I felt so bad for Travis because he just got bombarded. Oh and, yeah. And I asked him, I was like, "Hey, dude, sorry you didn't really get to enjoy." It. He said, "Dude, I pulled over here for this reason. Yeah. Like, I grew up." at the same age as all these little kids are i grew up here and um i wanted to give back and i wanted to come see everybody and he was like dude the place has changed so much and and you know anytime someone like him you know he remembers where he came from yeah um you know a simple little thing as you know justin cooper we don't talk about it much but justin cooper was here in 2015 and and i got a video on my phone that's pretty funny 
of the first time he went through a set of supercross whoops. Um, it's on my phone. He, I've never posted it anywhere because he would kill me. Yeah. But I'll have to, um, you'll, you'll have to sneak me, uh, that video so I could take a look. <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he one night at a supercross you know i was there and i texted him after the race I, he fell on the start i think it was st louis or now it might have been indy um and he came back and podiumed and i texted him i said hey dude good job um my little brother's huge fan if you could like can i get that jersey yeah um and he texted me like back 15 minutes later he said hey headed to the press conference still wearing the gear uh where are you going to be and i said me and jim who was a his kid trained here or out in the parking lot cooking steaks dude he comes out there sweaty gear signs it and literally eats a filet on the tailgate of the truck in the parking lot that's awesome and like and and justin's one of those guys that you know remembers where he came from yep. um you know cooper webb uh zach osborne zach sending some stuff this weekend but there's so many of those good guys and what a lot of people misunderstand about these guys when they see them at the race and they're like, hey, that guy, you know, Villapoto's a dick. But I'm like, guys, they're doing a job. And their job, their main day of that job is Saturday. Unfortunately, it's the day that you were there. But a lot of these guys, Monday through Friday, are just a jokester and a prankster. So right. um, it's good to see all the people that have came through here and, and still remember and 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 uh end up coming back this way. I mean, heck last year, what we had, we had Josh Grant, we had Reed, we had Osborne and Brownie or something at a race battling. Yep. Um, yeah. Last year like, at the Moto like, room. Yep. I was, yeah, I was really that, hoping it came back too. Cause I felt like that yeah. was really cool to, to happen the week before Loretta's. And I felt like it was a really good prep for him. Yeah. And, and Zach, believe it or not, that was Zach's first ever time here. Yeah. And that, and that's what I thought was the craziest thing. I, I wish I would have, I, I should have done a little podcast with, with him, but um, yeah, I thought that that was unbelievable because, you know, he was, was only in Abington, you know, so you would have thought that he would have came through, but yeah, he got on the podium said, this is the first time I've ever been here and man, I'm having a blast and this was fun. It's cool to hang out with, um, you know, Chad and Josh and their kids and they pulled up in the motorhomes and anybody and everybody could go and talk to them. And I thought that that was really, really cool. Yeah. It, uh, it was a good time, man. It was good. And hopefully it comes back. Things just a lot of things, a lot of moving parts and stuff. And Chad with, with his new deal and yep. the moto playground guys had some stuff going on. And we just ultimately said, if we can't give it our all, um, Might we need well to hold off and make it. sure. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you know we're we still talk and and hopefully it'll be back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thinking back on uh, on the ra on the you know the riders and the races that you have seen from you know Birch Creek and Lake Sugar Tree, what's one of the best battles races that you've seen at either of those two tracks that you remember vividly and you'll be like, dude, that was an unbelievable battle, and I I'm so glad I was there to witness that. Ah, oh, that's a hard one, man. Um, there's been so many. I mean, I can remember back in the day, I don't know if it was four stroke nationals or hell, just a, a mega series or something, but like Birch Creek, when you had, you know, Jim Nees, Kevin Walker, uh, Chad Lowe, Jason McCormick, um, so many of those guys, Kelly Smith, Chester, Danny Smith. Yeah. Chester. Oh, Chester. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. I, 
him and him and niece those battles were intense (laughs) well i can promise you that still to this day um jim chester is still the hardest person i ever had to pass he was literally like trying to pass a f-250 in an arena cross (laughs) um he just knew where you were he was the best blocker he wasn't the fastest, but the damn dude could start and ride with the eyes in the back of his head. And remind me a lot finally, of Coop. He reminds me a lot yeah. of Coop. Yeah. Yeah, but but like um, you know, those were the the days. Um, but we still see there's so many, and and there's so many people that race today um, that I look forward to seeing. All right, I got to make sure try to pencil this in to watch this race or or this race. Right. Um, and, and sometimes when I'm building the race order, that's always my big thing. So now that people know that they'll, they'll cuss me when they get their, a bad, uh, bad race, their last motor or whatever. But, um, <laughs> sometimes I'll put like, if there's only a few in college boy and a few in 450 B or something, and there's two guys, um, or, or something, I'll drop the gate together. Right. Um, and, and I'll make sure it's all right with them, but I'll just say, Hey, I want to, see where you guys are at yeah, yeah um so um and it's not a bad know, thing man. for them either you know no it's good and and uh that's why dad never put me in c class he was like you can get last in b class you'll figure out how to go faster <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> so. but uh yeah i mean picking one right off the top i mean i don't know i will tell you that that i'll still stick with this um and i, I told gary this we we our generation has already witnessed our the best ever race uh zach osborne what was it 2017 las vegas yeah uh they come back yeah yeah that that will be still to this day i told gary that night i was in my room and i screamed and i was like i text gary i was like did you hear that and he said what i said dude i literally screamed so loud that that to me is the greatest race of all time i know it's not local but yeah. It's for a local guy. Yep. I mean, I, that, that I literally never say die attitude. And that's what I love about Osborne. Yeah. And like, dude, I got chills during that. And like, I was heartbroken at the beginning for him. Right. I was just like, dude, I cannot believe that just happened to him. Yep. Um, and then to see him come back, dude, was just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I but got to me, that's just gr- thinking about that race. Every time that it comes on YouTube or whatever, it's like, bro, I'm going to rewatch this again because it was unbelievable just to watch and see how fast he was coming and moving through the pack. And, you know, by the time that he was on the ground, these guys are already almost hitting the finish line for their first lap, you know? And it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like I said, it doesn't, to me, it's every single race that, that drops. Like, I just like to see the kids excited, uh, whether, you know, they got 10th and got their first ever trophy or they got second or they got their first win. Yep. Like, that's what does it does it for me. Um, so it's hard to pick just one. Right. Okay. Um, uh, the one that I remember that I've said on the podcast is Osborne and Stroop when they were battling on Super Minis at – Birch and Stroop's bike blew up uh, on the very last lap, and they were, you know, just going back and forth, back and forth. But um, just that super mini battle and how big, you know, their name was at that time and getting to witness that, and um, that was really cool. I can't remember the year. I want to say maybe 04, 05 maybe. Um, 
but that was uh, some really, really good racing that, that I remember. Um, what do you think the process should be for the surrounding series, like, um, you know, the Mama Series, the Victory Sports, NCMX, and, um, you know, you guys as well? Um, what do you think should happen to get together to discuss schedules so that the, says, so that some of these races and events – aren't stacked on top of each other in the future so everybody can kind of benefit yeah it's it's a hard a hard thing and i think uh alex that's now district 13 president he he's already kind of jumped the gun trying to um talk to talk to different series and stuff but you know the the Loretta Lynn qualifier schedule and uh, the regional and like nowadays like that's what everyone's waiting on and and then everyone tries to cram something in the spring and then in the summer they don't really want to do anything and and then in the fall they want to cram a bunch together um yeah because this weekend you know we got the Nick Hayes ride day and then we have you know black ankle for NCMX this weekend and then we also have the verb classic down in South Carolina so it's like you know for everybody to kind of benefit um you know it would have been it would have been good to kind of get everybody together to try to figure it out I understand the Nick Hayes ride day situation because that we have we would have never known right um but you know just just things like that that just seem to overlap um a majority of the time yeah and I try to with our moonlight schedule which is our our outlaw series it goes outdoors and our indoors throughout the winter right um in chatham like especially our outdoor series i wait till all the schedules are out there and then try to basically put them around um around everything else because i want to give someone some people somewhere to go and then you know we have the saturday racing and then sunday we do open practice so you know it's kind of it's hard for everybody to kind of get something you know i wish there was a way that you know it could be less series is and um you know more emphasis on you know helping each other like i want to do with this this nick hayes ride day and, right you know instead of you know having six races at this track and they'd be like six mediocre races. What if you had three that were badass races? Right, exactly. Um, and then you can do your open practices in between because open practice, when people schedule practices against a race, like for instance, when Pro Sport had a race, I would do practice. Right. Um, you get your practice group. There's a whole lot of people. You know, what I've gathered is there's been a couple of times where in the winter, maybe the weather's going to be good, but I can't irrigate. Like we're fully irrigation. Right. Um, so I'll advertise like, Hey guys, we're going to be open this weekend. But if you like flat corners, no ruts, no bumps, none of that, like this is your weekend. Right. And dude, I think last year we had like 150 people and it was people that I don't ever see because they were like, dude, we hate ruts. Right. So, it's almost like um, you got to kind of accommodate to to each, you know, to each his own, right? Because some people do like it really rough and like a race condition, and then there's the other ones that are just going to hang out and drink a few beers with their buddy and go ride a dirt bike, you know? Yeah, and so, you know, there's still the practicers, guys that don't race, um, you know. So 
I don't know, getting everybody on the same page, it's like we all need to go in the room and um, almost like say, a Zoom right, meeting gosh. or something, you know, <laughs> and try to get everybody on video so everybody can see each other and, yeah, talk about what you plan on doing and want to do for the next year and everybody can write down notes and, you know, all of that. I think that would that would work out pretty well. But it's going to be hard trying to get – all of the promoters and all of the owners uh, on a on a phone call. So, yeah, and one thing like I tried to do a little bit this year is I I kind of drew back a little bit on the racing and with our Moonlight series and stuff and and do some more training and stuff and like and that's not to pick up. That's one thing that that I really enjoy is you know working with working with kids and and like you know I've done it full time. And I've done it part time, done it here and there before the big races. But you know, a lot of places don't have that opportunity. Right. Um, but you know, it's hard to get everyone to kind of get along. There's so many different uh, personalities. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's really what needs to be done. Exactly. You know, when yeah. when a schedule comes out, um, and then you know two weeks later another schedule comes out and there's races within two hours on top of each yeah, other yeah you know it, it doesn't do well for the riders it's not the you're not hurting the track owners um you're helping you're hurting the riders because you know little johnny might be racing both of those series yeah so so now little johnny has to pick what series he's going to run right um and then essentially the one he doesn't pick, he's done with for the year because he's lost, you know, enough points. He's too far behind. Yeah. Um, you know, the banquets I've had, you know, races, you know, our indoor schedule, um, you know, stuff like that. And Sam's indoor schedule, dude, we, we booked those dates in March. Right. Um, and, and that series doesn't start till January. So, you know, our hands are tied with moving stuff, but, you know, we've had instances where, you know, another series or, um, and it's hard. There's not a lot of dates, but, right. you know, put put a banquet on top of it, and little Johnny has to either drop out of this series or, or lose a weekend of points, or little Johnny doesn't get to go get his trophy that he worked so hard in that other series for the year. Yeah. So it's uh, – it's hard and, and, you know, getting everybody to work together is, it's possible. It's just getting everybody on the same page to do so. Um, but it would be amazing if we could. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, that's one of the things that I would hope to, uh, you know, bring out of these podcasts is for people to, uh, you know, track owners and supporters and all of that to, you know, make this a thing to try and get everybody together so everybody's on this game schedule so little Johnny doesn't have to pick which series he wants to ride because, you know, back in the day, you were able to do District 13 and District 29, you know, and yep. you could go to both banquets and you can even run some Mega Series races and potentially even be in that championship as well. So um, yeah, yeah. I would love hey, for it to go back to that, you know. People don't even understand. When I was on 65s and, and 50s, District 13 had 42 races a year. Yeah. And and uh, I think uh, Kelly Rogers sent me D29 at, was like that, you know, 40 to 45 races a year or whatever the case may be. And, you know, Victory Sports had, you know, 20 or so. And um, Mama Series had their had their own little bit where they would even come down to, to y'all's track and, 
um, you know, buds and all of that. So, and I think now, you know, I think district, I can't even remember. I think it's like 14 weekends now or maybe less Yeah. Uh, that they have races and the North Carolina series has, you know, 16 weekends or whatever. So we're at 30 and it's like, they're still on top of each other at times, which sucks because years ago, every single weekend there was a race. Uh, so, and like, I've tried to, like this year, we had our Virginia State Championship August 12th and 13th, and quite honestly, outside of Halloween Bash, it was the biggest race we've had in a couple of years. Oh, wow. Okay, um, nice. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of people uh, try to avoid the summer, and, and sometimes it does. People are on vacation. It's hot. It sucks, blah, blah, blah. It was some of my workers said it was the hottest race they've ever done, but I don't know. Um, Moto Room know, last year was pretty fucking hot. I'm not gonna lie, that was pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's you know we have the irrigation which helps us and we can get a lot of moisture in it. But you know I'm not opposed to and I've told people like, hey dude, I'll go in July or August. I don't want to, but I will. Yeah. I mean I'm not afraid of of the workload and neither is the crew. Um, but yeah, getting everybody on the same page would be would be great i i mean i'll go ahead and and nominate you for president oh, of oh the whole east coast oh god jesus i don't want to i want to do i don't want to do more than you know the surrounding uh the local six what i like to call it the maryland west virginia virginia north carolina south carolina area but hey if they need somebody to just get everybody on a zoom call you know twice or three times a year to try to get everybody's schedule together then so be it because I want to do it Look, for the for the riders, you know, and I want to. You can you have, can be the prez and Heavy D can be the VP. There you go, there you go. Well, we got to get Heavy D out of the fucking house first. That's that's the first well, thing we need to hey, do. Hey, hey, I can remember the days, and, and I, I laugh about this all the time. <laughs> Heavy D, I can remember that dude riding his bicycle down to the JGR track. Yep. it was Hanny, it was Hanny, it was uh, Josh Grant, and I forget who else. Les, uh, Les Smith probably. No, it was uh. The dude, Josh Summy. Oh, Summy. Um, yeah. But that that dude would ride his bicycle over there, and they would talk him into going down some cliffs or try to ride his bicycle <laughs> up this. I mean, dude, they would get him going, and they would give him brand new Oakleys yep. and jerseys and stuff. But uh, I never forget. And then one day I was like, "Wait, heavy is that the same one?" And and Garrett Church was a buddy of mine. That, yeah. He actually owned that property at the time. He's like, yeah, that's Heavy D. I'm like, damn, son. <laughs> heavy D is still here. Yeah, did you know that Hanny, he's the one that gave him the Heavy D uh, nickname? No. Yeah, Hanny was the one that gave him the Heavy D nickname. That's why he stuck it with him or, you know, stuck with him forever. He was like, that's so cool that, that Hanny gave me a nickname. Yeah, that's my nickname forever. He uh, he talked about it on, on one of our first pods, but I thought that that was pretty funny and you know, he knows a lot in the sport, and he knows what's good, and he, you know, runs uh, and and helps operate, you know, Kathy's Creek and Top Gun and those types of tracks down there. He used to work at Dreamville and, um, you know, great on a, you know, a skid steer, bulldozer, whatever. Um, and, you know, he knows. So, um, you know, maybe if, you know, we get a phone call from, from somebody and they want us to do it, then, you know, we might as well, you know, try to do something to try to help because I think that that's probably one of the big key things to uh, help the local scene is try to get everybody on the same schedule so people don't have to conflict sides on which series they need to go to um, to compete for all of these races and, um, you know, for the end banquets at the end of the year. So we'll think about it. We'll think about it and try to get it all together because I think that that's what, it, that's what the area needs for sure. 
Absolutely. Um, one last question um, that I got for you here. I appreciate your time, uh, Ryan Smith here, owner of Lake Sugar Tree Motocross Park in beautiful Axton, Virginia, at 630 in the morning, as Ken Farrell would say, um, here on the Imperative MX Local Scene Podcast. Talk about the pants that you wear when you go riding. Uh, I think you had gear that, that pretty much looked like you had overalls on um, and some uh, and some just sometimes you would go out there in straight pants, um, you know, with a couple of cuts in them. The people love it. Uh, I love it whenever you do it. It's hilarious. Um, what was it? Was there anything really behind the idea or was it just, you know, the privateer? This is just kind of what it is. Uh, yeah, man, it, uh, it, it's kind of funny, uh, as a second ago, my phone went off and I'll go ahead and say right now, they finally announced Team USA, yep. uh, your Hampshire Craig, there you but go. Nice. I told, I told Burkeen yesterday, I said, Hey man, I'll just let you know if you need my services, I haven't rode a bike since Minio's last year, but, uh, I, I, I will, I will go do donations for us. <laughs> and he said, well, problem is FIM won't allow blue jeans. Trash. And I said, well, I said, well, dude, I'll tell you that there's some countries that are going to be represented that, represented there that might not even have jeans on. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, no, it was, I mean, re- like I said before, like 2012, like I was pretty, I think that was the last year I made a main event um, in Supercross. Yeah. And um, I kind of, I still did some professional stuff and go make some night shows here and there, but you know, I did a, I did, I had a lot of great sponsors. I did a lot of cool stuff, um, outside of my results. And that's what people need to do is, you know, you have the seven deuce deuces, you have the Alex Rays, you have all these people, the Chiz and like Chiz has results to back it up, but you have these people that it's not so much about their riding. It's about their personality. That's right. Um, and they, they get a lot of stuff, you know, sadly in our sport, there's, there's a kid that's right now riding 250 C class somewhere that is getting free fly gear. Or I don't even want to say fly, just free gear. Yep. Um, and you have privateers that are racing supercross that are getting 50% off. Um, and they're paying for their gear. They're making main events, but they don't know any better. Right. Um, and like I told, I was telling a couple of them, I'm like, look, guys, outside of what brand of bike a rider rides, you notice their gear. Right. I said, so you're paying X company 150 bucks, 100 bucks for a set of gear. So you're paying them, and they're getting max exposure out of you if you get on TV. Right. Um, I said, dude. And canvas gear now is like perfect. Get blank gear. Get some gear. If you're gonna pay a hundred bucks, just pay two hundred bucks and have no logo on it. Right. And then eventually, some one of those sponsors is gonna be like, dude, why don't, why don't you wear our stuff? Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go out there in a damn blue jeans with a sharpie on name on the back, and we straight up sharpied. We took a white Hanes long sleeve shirt from Walmart, and we sharpied it on in the living room, my buddy Anthony's house down in Florida. Yeah. Um. And we went to the TJ Maxx and bought a pair of jeans. And I went out there, and the worst part was, the bad part, the first time we did it, uh, I broke my wrist. Oh, um, I still got the video. But a buddy of mine was videoing, and it was a – dude, I hadn't rode, and I don't even know how long. But it was a three on to a tabletop, which was sketchy when I was riding all the time. And I went three on, on, off. 
and then there was a double, and it was a gazillion ruts, and I just, dude, my tongue was in my sprockets. I hadn't even completed a lap yet, <laughs> and I just cross-rutted, and the, the bike spun, and I broke my wrist, but I had so many people that were like, and, and Scott Goggles, like Knowles has always been a huge supporter of mine. Yep. Um, well, a big supporter of really helmets. just your family from David and Gary and yeah. Yeah. So they were all super stoked on it because like the exposure it was getting, you know, Jenny Taft was like, Hey, we're going to do a pre-race report. Um, well then I broke my wrist and I talked to her the next time I saw her and I'm like, Hey, like, Hey, we're bringing it back. Just wait. Yeah. So, then fast forward uh, a couple years, I was like, hey, we're going to Foxborough. I drove to Foxborough by myself <laughs> in my van. I slept in a love truck stop parking lot in the floor of my van because I didn't even have a couch in it. Yep. Uh, had a, I had a seat back there so I could put the car seat in for my little girl, but she didn't go. Yeah. Uh, paid $12 for my shower in the love truck stop. I go to the Supercross. Uh, I think we qualified like 29th or something. Yeah. Made the night show, and there was a guy that was out there, um, and he was just like, "Dude, this is sick!" Blah, blah, blah. I've never been to a race, and now that like you, blah blah blah. And I'm like, "What, dude? You want to be my mechanic tonight?" He was like, "What do I got to do?" Um, just push my bike to the gate. No, That's it. <laughs> yeah. Still to this day, I have no idea who this guy was. No clue. Don't know his name. Don't. No clue. Uh, so we go in there. Jenny taps like we're doing it so we go up to the gate um and she does like the pre-race report well failed big wigs went absolutely, absolutely. crazy <laughs> i mean they lost their minds oh, like sure. i mean she told she told me after the fact like she almost lost her job because of it no way um yeah like they were super pissed off that she did it because it made you know failed look Redneck. I, I don't even remember that. Yeah, that was kind of the term, but they didn't say that. And I'm right. like, guys, not we are like, <laughs> I laugh all the time because I'm like, we're motocross. We're just like a bunch of high class white trash people. Like, we are. We That's ride what the sport is. We, <laughs> we play in dirt, and uh, you know, we take these ten thousand dollar motorcycles and jump them, crash them, smash them, blow them up. Like <laughs> whatever. Mean, ten thousand yeah. dollars gets you a nice car. Yeah. But so anyway. We go out, we go back out to the uh, parking lot and uh, had to get ready for the LCQ. Well, when I went to get go into the LCQ, Thule, guy from AMA, like yeah. he stopped me from going in the building and, and he's like, Look, the high ups are pissed. Da, da, da. We can't even let you in the building. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so, and he, and like I, I, I worked with Thule at, uh, at Bud's Creek and, and I worked with Thule, uh, at Loretta's a few weeks ago. Yeah, so yeah. me and Tully are close. He's like, dude, like, I'm sorry, but like, it's not me. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, tell the high ups to come down here. Um, <laughs> anyway, we, dude, I made over $6,000 because I had people that were like, Hey, if you get on TV, we'll pay. We'll give you this. We'll That's... give you a thousand bucks. We'll do this. Yeah. So I got a minute and four seconds of TV time. Um, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, dude, tell me, like let's for instance say um, this year let's pick uh, Grant Harlan. Yep. Do you think Grant Harlan got a minute of TV time all outdoors? No. Uh, Did they even total. show him in outdoors? Right, yeah. and, and it's like that's what sucks for these people, and that was the whole point behind it. Like, do something different. different. Yep. Uh, get your name out there. You know, seven dudes, dudes. Yeah, he was a great rider. He made names and stuff, but dude, people know him because of his raps. Yep, that's right. Um, 
and being a character, you know, there's being your own yeah, personality, a Ray, and you know, like you said, Harlan, and um, some of the, you know some of these other guys that you know nobody really gets to see because they're in the in the back of the pack. But that doesn't mean they're not training their ass off, and they're not you know doing this and doing that and running the bank you know bank accounts you know debt ceiling wildly and you know all of that so and that's what people need to realize like in the sport and anything you do like be different get your name out there but put in good results i mean think about if if grant harlan did raps and put the results in that he's doing like i mean that dude would be all over the place i mean hell alex ray i mean he did pretty good he made some mains but he was never like that guy right um but um I mean, hell, he rode Factory Yamaha because of his name and, and Pulp and Mex and all this. Like, he got a gig on Factory Yamaha for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Unadilla, you know, right? I think it was Unadilla. I mean, look at – I think. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, but then you look at you look at uh, Grant Harlan. Like, why has he not gotten a fill-in ride or something this year? Yeah. Um, or even talked about it. People just say, you know, Grant this or Grant Harlan did this. Yeah, he's doing but good it's this like, year, you know, but they don't do anything about it. Yeah, so, I mean, there's people – I mean, there's ways to market yourself and, and make good money. Um, you know, people just got to think outside the box. I mean, one race – and it got my sponsors a ton of exposure when I was racing full-time. I grew a beard out for six months, yep. died at pink for Susan G. Coleman. I think we raised like $4,000 um, from just different people. And yeah. at An Anaheim, too, we presented the check to Susan G. Coleman. It was all over Racer X and yep. all in the magazine, and people were all talking about it. And uh, so, I mean, just things like that is what the sponsors appreciate and why kids nowadays don't get anything. Right. Um, and, and they should, you know. Yep. Let's be honest. If if you make a sponsor house account or what is it now? Nice. It's, it's not a sponsor house. It's a uh, – Hook it. Hook it. it. Yeah. yeah, hook it. Yeah. You can get – you can put little Johnny's results from the damn Franklin County Fair on there, and they're going to say, "Hey, we'll give you forty percent off." You're right, but that's um, but that's not the real thing. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's something yeah. something discounted wise through the website through the back door that they're able to get these things for super cheap. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, and and like people, you know, I tell people all the time, um, you know, support your local race shop. Um, you know, I know Rusty has a racer program down here. Um, and I tell people, I'm like, dude, get off of these online sites and like support him. It's right. coming from the same place. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, that spark plug costs you 75 cent more to go down there. But guess what? Like you're supporting your your local people. Yeah. Um, and they're the one, you but, know, the, the local scene is what you know, for the sales of bikes and these motorsports, right? That those are the ones that are paying for, you know, these guys, the top guys that you're watching on TV and who you want to be. That's where you know the money comes from. You know, like when you go and spend, you know, your money, you're helping out, you know, Grant Harlan, and you're helping out these, you know, teams and and so on and so forth. But also on top of that, you're helping out the local scene that that really needs it the most. Um, yeah, so. I just. I just like when I see that kid that's, you know, whether he's on a 50, a 65, 85, a, you know, privateer guy that's doing something different. He's respectable. He's not, uh, you know, a jackass to people. Yeah. And and his results might not be the best, but guess what? He, uh, 
he gets a lot of support from different people just because of who he is and what he does That's right. uh, for the community and, and for different people. So yep. and that was kind of the large story to, to what, uh, what the genes were about. It was yeah. just me different, man. We got, you know, it's funny. Uh, when they dropped the gate on that race at the end of the, the clip, it said, here we go with, Ryan Smith and the rest of them or something where they usually say Eli Tomac or something. I'm like, dude, I haven't raced a race in them two years and I haven't rode in nine months. And here they are on Supercross because I wore jeans talking about me. Yeah. When there's guys out here that have been, you know, crashing their brains out, making main events or, you know, hands are ripped apart and they're eat, sleep, and breathe Supercross, and they're way better than I am, but because I did something different, I'm getting more exposure. That's right. Um, yep. You know, we mentioned about Hanny. Hanny's a bad dude on a dirt bike, and look at the exposure he gets. Right. And he don't even race. He's like, you know what? I don't have to race. I'm doing something different for the sport. Yep. But, and that's how that's, that's how all the, the characters be, and I think that's one thing that I've, I've learned through – you know, doing these podcasts and imperative MX, right. Talking to these different professionals. And then on top of that, talking to track owners like you and track promoters like Alex and, um, or series promoters, I should say like Alex and, uh, Mike Farr and the people up there at the mama series is that, you know, everybody's trying to do what they can to help the, uh, the local scene and to be, you know, uh, be their own, you know, and to, um, you know, be their own character. And I think that that's what the sport needs because, you know, like what we were talking about, we are a redneck sport, but at the end of the day, you know, we're doing this because of the love of the sport and because of the exposure that people can get and for the stories that people may never, ever get to hear, you know? Right. So, um, but man, uh, Ryan, I appreciate, uh, this, this long it's been over an hour but man i appreciate the time and uh and appreciate what you're doing for the sport and um and especially for uh nick and uh the hayes ride day this weekend remember uh september 16th and 17th this weekend at lake sugar tree all proceeds go straight to nick to help with his recovery and uh help the family and all of that good stuff and um ryan before uh we end the call. Is there any races or anything that you would like to uh, to get out there for anybody for, you know, a race that's getting ready to come up or some new and exciting stuff coming to Lake Sugar Tree or Birch Creek that you'd like to speak on? And I mean, we got a pretty jam-packed few weeks. We got uh, our Moonlight uh, race next weekend here at Lake Sugar Tree, September 23rd, which is actually the Virginia State Supercross Championship. Okay. Um and then the following weekend is a mega series ultra series district 13 race at uh, birch creek okay and then man it's head down in the trenches getting ready for the best race of the damn year that's the halloween bash right. 20 yeah. 21st annual and i think right now um we're currently at i think twenty two thousand dollars last year it was it was forty four thousand eight hundred dollars we gave back yeah so um yeah i mean it's gonna it's gonna continue to grow with whole shot awards and everything else and this year it being an ama featured event which is badass that's awesome um um you know that's what we're gonna be doing and and going back to uh you know from you know talking when i talk about talking to the lady from elizabeth city or whatever whoever listens whatever you're doing with it has to do with the jeans and 
in races or your business or whatever, just don't follow, don't do everything someone tells you to do. Take it, take a little bit from every person and, and be your own, be yourself. That's a reason, you know, we're all here. Be different and uh, put your heart and soul into it and good things will come. Maybe not uh, tomorrow, but I promise you, if you work hard um, and do what you love, it, it'll come to you. Absolutely. And just, uh, you know, I live my life motto. I'm sure you remember when Sirius Racewear was around and they had that sticker that says, never give up, don't ever give up. And uh, that's, yep. one, that's one of the things I live by each and every day is to uh, is to always strive to be your best, be different. And uh, yeah, the success will come. Uh, how much work and how and, you know, hard work that you put in and, and how long you do it is how successful you will be. So um, that's right. So, never say die that's right that's, that's right always, <laughs> the yeah. pit board that uh Osborne. i think dave feeney had on yep like yep. dude it was that one hit home it, it gives me chills every time i see it so man i appreciate it and uh yes sir look forward to seeing you guys and uh enjoy your weekend and then we'll get together soon yeah absolutely man i'll see you at the halloween bash and i'm sure we'll uh we'll talk in between there on snapchat or text whatever the case may be and um, again, uh, here on the first episode of the Imperative MX local scene, glad to have Ryan Smith from uh, Lake Sugar Tree on the line. And, yeah, thanks again, Ryan, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good, buddy. All right. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. And that was Ryan Smith, like I said, owner of Lake Sugar Tree Motocross Park. And, man, that was a great conversation. Uh, speaking of the Nick, the Nick Hayes Ride Day, uh, how LST, uh, Lake Sugar Tree, became, uh, you know, how he became the owner and um, why he wanted to become the track owner, talked about his racing career, uh, you know, what was some of the best battles that he's seen from the local legends around the area, how do we fix uh, the process for the surrounding series to get together so that races aren't stacked on top of each other and what we could do. And, uh, yeah, man, we talked about his pants, uh, his, uh, um, you know, over overall jeans and, uh, you know, making yourself different and uh, how to get exposure and, and all of that good stuff. And, man, it was a great conversation, especially for this first Imperative MX local scene podcast. And, man, we would like to thank uh, the sponsors on board for this brand-new Imperative MX local scene podcast, West Virginia Motorsports. Total Control Racing Suspension, PR Motorsports, and of course, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. If you guys will go and check out all of those awesome sponsors, they're all local and uh, they're willing to help you out. West Virginia Motorsports, they have a brand new shop in uh, Virginia on the other side of uh, Withville, Virginia. So if you guys need something from them, they are available. And of course, their West Virginia Motorsport location in Princeton, West Virginia. Chad over at Total Control Racing Suspension. Man, he's been around the sport for a really, really long time and knows his stuff, and he is for uh, the locals from Jim Neese, Luke Neese, Kyle Peters, Mike McDade, and uh, Josh Thomas, and so many more that he's helped, and uh, he's even got riders out there right now uh, that are in the professional scene running Total Control Racing Suspension straight from... Um, the local area so make sure you guys check out total control racing suspension pr motorsports the brand new track side support rig at 
the local NCMX uh, races. So if you guys need anything, go and check out PR Motorsports. They have a brand new location now in King, North Carolina. So go and check out PR Motorsports. If they're at a track near you, go over there, say hi to Charlie. And uh, yeah, you guys need tear-offs, new tires, some gas, anything like that. PR Motorsports is there for you. And of course, our big sponsor, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics from Banners, Decals, um, man, tents uh, on your vehicle, car wraps, anything that you guys need uh, for custom designs and uh, decals and all of that good stuff. Make sure to go and check out Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. And uh, if you use Imperative MX, all caps, no space, you'll get a 20% discount code. So make sure to go and check that out. And uh, yeah, I appreciate all of you guys who have been a part of Imperative MX, like I said, it's been quite a while since we have gotten to these podcasts, but man, we've got a lot more time on our hands now, so a lot more of these podcasts will come out, and uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Later! We'll show